Back to the 90s. As the world watches Russia's aggression and horror, many nations have responded with financial sanctions. Russia's currency, the ruble, has hit a record low. One ruble is now worth less than one U.S. cent. This is the worst few days for the Russian economy since at least 1998. The Moscow Stock Exchange may not open at all this week. The United States and the European Union hit Putin's nation the hardest. But even Japan has frozen Russian assets under its control. And Switzerland has decided that this is too important for neutrality. They've joined the EU's sanctions, cutting off Russian access to the world-famous Swiss banking system. Every Russian will now feel the consequences of Putin's war. None of us can escape this fallen world. Our only hope is what we read in Revelation. One day, the kingdoms of the earth will become the kingdom of our Savior. Welcome to Haven Today. Here on the very first day of March, I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. Trouble. Our Lord Jesus told us to expect it. He even said that Christians would live through wars and hear about other wars. That is life in a fallen world. Still, knowing that conflicts will come doesn't make them any easier, does it? But we can find hope in the truth that Jesus has overcome this world. I don't know about you, but I've been on the phone with people in Ukraine and outside Ukraine the last few days and watching the news flow all this last week. The courage and resourcefulness of the Ukrainian defenders is just beyond me. Clearly, they're fighting for their lives and families and countries. They're fighting for freedom. But can they hold on? And how long will this war last? We don't have any answers to these questions. The best one can do is make informed guesses. I caught up with a Ukrainian who now lives in Israel. His name is Alexei. He's a computer programmer. We met at his church with his wife and his two young children. I asked him about the current situation for members of his home church, a Baptist church in Kiev, the capital city of Ukraine. Our local church, it's uh, around 200 uh, members, half of them already left the city to the western part of Ukraine, where it's uh, safer now. But half of them uh, stay, and uh, they are hiding in a subway uh, as a bomb shelter. So they're there trying to encourage and help people to be there with them. They're having online uh, gatherings every night, and they're praying a lot. Now, actually, the book of Psalms, it's like it's shining in a new light when David is saying Mm -hmm. about uh, all the enemies and how those enemies are trying to destroy him. And now when Christians in Ukraine reading this, it's like it's shining like in a new light. One thing that I couldn't help but not ask Alexei when we were talking. He had just the day before been 
on a demonstration in Tel Aviv. 20,000, mainly Ukrainian, but some Russian Jews who had immigrated to Israel, were demonstrating in front of the Russian embassy. I asked Alexei to share with me, what does Jesus mean to him? When you don't have war in your country, you can freely cite from the Bible anything, and it, it will sound really good and very biblical, biblical spiritual, yes. exactly. Yes. But now I see that Jesus, he is the king. He is ruling over the world. I don't know what he's doing right now and why he's doing this or that. And maybe I will never understand that. Maybe only when I will meet him in the future. But I trust him that he is good, almighty, and he is good. We'll have Alexei Volkov on later on in the program to pray for his country. And just before that, we're going to think about the importance of prayer in light of the Lord's Prayer. And if you'd like to know how to better pray for the situation in Eastern Europe right now, I'd like to invite you to visit haventoday.org and read our live faith updates, Russia and Ukraine. We're updating it regularly with stories, videos, audio interviews. The latest interview we put up yesterday was an FEBC producer who was coming to us by video from his underground bomb shelter haventoday.org But how about some music? I think I need it. I need sovereign grace. Your glorious cause, oh God engages our hearts May Jesus Christ be
Sovereign Grace, featuring Chris Jackson, and Let Your Kingdom Come here on this Haven Today, and a program called Lord Teaches to Pray. I'm Charles Morris. Now, you and I may not be old enough to remember the last major war in Europe, but there was plenty of uncertainty and fear in World War II. And before that, there was the Great War, World War I. And before that, well, you get the picture. We live in a world with war. The kingdoms of this world are constantly fighting, it seems. How can there be any comfort? How can there be any stability in a crazy world where there is so much death and destruction, like what's going on right now in Ukraine? Well, do you remember what Jesus' disciple asked him one day in Luke 11? Lord, teach us to pray. Now, that's a request. And how often we forget how Jesus answered. Sure, if you're a Christian or if you've been a Christian long, you know about the Lord's Prayer. Maybe some of us pray it in our church every Sunday. But how often do we really go to that prayer and pray it as our own prayer? After all, This was God himself telling us how to pray, so we should listen. And today, we're going to focus on just a few words from the beginning of this prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here again with us is my friend Nancy Guthrie reading a section of her book, What Every Child Should Know About Prayer, that looks at this very section of the Lord's Prayer. Instead of beginning our prayers by telling God what we want, Jesus teaches us to begin our prayers by telling God how great He is. In Matthew 6, 9, we read, May your name be kept holy. God is holy, which means that He's not ordinary. He's greater than anything or anyone. He always does what is right. When we pray that His name will be kept holy, we're asking God to reveal Himself exactly as He is so that He will be honored by all people everywhere. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. I can pray this way. Father, I want everything I do to bring glory to you. Nancy Guthrie, reading to us from her book called What Every Child Should Know About Prayer. It's a biblically sound book that's easy to read designed originally to help children learn how to pray, but you know where this is going if you've been listening for a couple of days. Adults like me are finding it's helping us better understand prayer more and to do it more often. I'd like to send you a copy of what every child should know about prayer for your gift to the ministry. These gifts help us keep sharing the great story about Jesus to a world that is so desperately in need of him. Our number to call after the program, 800-654-2836. 
800-865-HAVEN. Or visit us online and look at samples from the book and read that new blog that I mentioned earlier, and you can make your gift there. Our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now let me mention a phrase from that prayer that Jesus taught. Hallowed be your name. Maybe we don't talk like that much anymore. I guess I'm speaking for myself here, but other than the Lord's Prayer, I'm not sure the last time I heard anyone say that word hallowed. But hallowed is a good word, and it comes from the Greek word for holy. And it means to treat someone or something with reverence. And maybe in our uncertain world, in very uncertain times, this is exactly what we need to hear. Nancy talked to us about how God is greater than anyone or anything else. And really, that's what holy means. We think of it as moral perfection or being without flaw, and that's maybe part of what it means when we say that God is holy, but it's more than that. It means that God is different. He is set apart from all of his creation. And so every time we pray to the Lord, we pray to this different one. And because he is so set apart, so holy, so awesome in his glory and power, he is actually able to do what we ask. You see, we aren't praying to a weak God who can't do anything. And we also aren't praying to an indifferent God who doesn't care. We pray to the Holy One, Yahweh. And He is who gives us hope and comfort, living even in this fallen world. So we pray that His name would be hallowed, that the Lord would be revealed as He is, holy and awesome. And then there's a second phrase that we need to consider about this holy God in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, or as I learned it, thy kingdom come. These may be some of those words we hear and say without really thinking about what they mean. For God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what we're ultimately praying for is the second coming of Christ. That isn't all we're praying for, of course, but the kingdom of God will not be complete until God rules over all things, until the final enemy, death, is destroyed, until God wipes away all tears from our eyes. So we pray that his kingdom would come, come soon, come quickly. That means that we pray for the gospel to go out. We pray for justice to be done. And we pray for the end of all the sin and suffering we see in the world that God made and declared in the beginning very good. We know that there is still goodness in this world, but just look at Ukraine right now. Goodness has become tainted and stained. So when we pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying that Jesus will come back and remove the stain. One of my favorite psalms talks about something very similar to this. 
And it can be great comfort to us as we see videos and images of Russian forces invading Ukraine. It's there in Psalm 2, and it starts like this. Why do the nations conspire? Why do the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up. And the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. This is a picture of all the kingdoms of the world uniting to rebel against the Lord. Think of all the military might that would be involved, all the weapons and armies. If we saw all of this arrayed against us, we would be terrified just... Like people in Ukraine are terrified right now who haven't gotten out. And rightly so. After all, what can we hope to accomplish against such an overwhelming force? But you know what God does? The one enthroned in heaven laughs, Psalm 2 tells us. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. Laughter of all things. You see, this holy, holy, holy God we worship is not concerned. Compared to him, all the nations of the earth are a mere drop in the bucket. And what does he do when he finishes laughing? He announces that he has set his king on Zion, his holy hill. That king is Jesus. And even now he is ruling at God's right hand in heaven. And one day he will return to finish what he started. Do you remember what happens in Revelation 11 when that seventh angel blows his trumpet? There's an announcement. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. For those who have repented of their sins and thrown themselves on the mercy of Christ, there is no better news than this. Russia may continue to invade. This terrible war may drag on and on. There will almost certainly be more wars in the years and decades to come. But Jesus is on the throne. And one day he's coming back. Won't you join me in praying? He was born in Russia, but he was raised in Ukraine. He's a Christian now living in Israel. I asked Alexei Volkov to lead us in prayer right now. Dear God, I'm thankful that you are in control of this world. The entire world is in your hands. You created it and you hold it in your hands. And nothing can happen without your will. And we know that you are a good God. And you showed that in Jesus Christ when he died for our sins, for us, instead of us in place of us and we can see your life your love in that and also in many other good things that are happening in our lives but God at the moment we are not fully understand what is happening why it's happening we can guess maybe you want to show us your greatness in this or that way Maybe you want to make us more humble and more dependent on you. 
God, please just give us peace. Please make us strong and help us trust you in any any circumstances. God, I pray for those in Ukraine, for the, those believers who are now under attack, who are now hearing the sound of sirens every few hours. They are hiding in bomb shelters. They spending nights there. Some of the children were born in these bomb shelters. And it's very unnatural, God. Please help them. Be with those people. Give them peace. Protect them in a miraculous ways. And we, 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 we now see a, a lot of miracles. God, thank you that you are still there. We are not gods. We cannot understand you in your full greatness and wisdom. So we just trust you and we love you. Please help us be with, be with us. And let your glory be obvious to everybody, believers and non-believers. So everybody will knee before you. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. of Salem, their version of the Lord's Prayer and Deliver Us here in this haven today. I'm Charles Morris. Lord, teach us to pray. In times like these, many of us feel a compulsion to pray. I think that's the Spirit nudging us, and I think it's a good thing. But sometimes we just don't know how to pray. And it's in these times that we need to learn how to pray like a child. And I think that's why so many adults are reading this book that Nancy Guthrie wrote called What Every Child Should Know About Prayer. She explains in clear language what the Bible says about prayer. It's laid out with helpful illustrations. And it's chocked full of scripture and prayer prompts all the way through. This book will encourage you and the children in your life to pray more. So for your gift right now to Haven Today, I'd like to send you what every child should know about prayer. Our number you can call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website. Take a look at the samples that we have from the book there. You can also make your gift there. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And let me say, we've had a lot of calls from people wanting to know, how can we send help? 
please give us a couple of days and we'll have more news for you, how you can make a difference. And don't forget to check out the live faith updates from Russia and Ukraine on our blog. Haventoday.org is where you'll find it. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The world's strongest man. Ever seen those competitions on sports television? Usually they involve huge, hulking men doing things that seem absolutely ridiculous, like pulling a semi-truck with a chain or racing each other while carrying fridges. You can't watch things like that without being in awe at the raw physical strength of these men. But you know, even the strongest man in the world is nothing compared to the strongest strong one, the Lord Yahweh, the creator of all things. And this is what we read in Deuteronomy 32. He is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. And not only is God the rock, he's also upright and just. And that's why he can be our refuge and hope. Grow stronger in God's word daily with Anchor Devotional. Try it out at getanchor.com.